Welcome to Preston Super Show. Here we are, and I have something special for you. Tonight, Mount Rushmore of Super Villains. And you really, you know, what are you going to do? Top five, top three. No, no, no. Mount Rushmore of Super Villains. Because if they took over, that's what you would have the Mount Rushmore of Super Villains. So, number one. Right off the bat, I'm going into the Marvel Universe, knocking on the door of Thanos. That's right. The supervillain created by writer slash artist Jim Starlin, appearing first in the Invincible Iron Man edition, number 55, in February 1973. Ding, 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 ring-a-ding, ding, from the moon. Titan. Most popular Marvel storyline. Let's get that out of the way. Thanos' quest for the six Infinity Gems to destroy half the population of the universe. Are you kidding me? Insane. Some hidden nuggets. Some nuggets maybe you don't know about. Maybe they don't have to be hidden nuggets. My favorite Thanos scene is when he fights with the Silver Surfer in the early part of that show. So the beginning, the inspiration for Thanos comes from DC supervillain Dark Seed. And when you look up Dark Seed, if you don't know who Dark Seed is, that dude is evil with it. Super evil with it. So to finish out about Thanos here, before I move on to the second supervillain on this Mount Rushmore, this is something that's really kind of important to note clashed with the x-men clashed with the avengers guardians of the galaxy the fantastic four the four eternals technically he has clashed with like 90 something percent 90 odd percent of the marvel universe and Come out victorious. That is incredibly deadly. Then we get to the second phase of Mount Rushmore. Because it's not about top five, top three. It's just about just the four top supervillains. Without trying to focus too much on whose number with this or that. Because you take too much away from what you're trying to portray that way. And we're just trying to say who's made it to the most fearsome level of intensity as a villain. So then you uh, have to look at the DC universe because you're staring into the Marvel universe, but you, you also have to look at what's going on on the other side of the bridge. And the Joker, the most iconic Batman archenemy of all, most notable villain in the DC Universe, created by Bill Kane, Bob Kane, and Jerry Robinson, debuting on April 25th, 1940. Initially, the Joker was supposed to be killed off early, but Batman allowed him to live. The movie's 
for the Joker are nearly as popular, if not more popular, than the Batman films themselves, and time will surely tell who is more popular overall. The Joker's relationship with Harley Quinn is the polar opposite of what a superhero like Spider-Man has with Mary Jane. Batman doesn't have the same love Kendall anywhere and is truly the Dark Knight for more than one reason. He's almost like James Bond with less pizzazz in a lot of ways with the ladies. Some hidden nuggets here. My favorite Batman is the Adam West version, by the way. I would say the Heath Ledger rendition of the Joker in The Dark Knight is the ultimate display of artistic craft. Followed up by Joaquin Phoenix, uh, his performance as the Joker in that Joker film. I can't help but appreciate Jared Leto's performance as a solid third place, but far superior to third rate. For his part as Joker in DC's extended universe really set the tone for that Joker film. The Joker has been pure evil no matter where he has gone. When he formed alliances with the Penguin and Two-Face, he would betray them just because he enjoyed chaos. I found the Joker to maintain his evil throughout the animation depictions of him all over as well. Most deadly in Batman Beyond and the Justice League Unlimited besides his own uh, personal work, the nine comic books they had for the Joker. Avoiding imminent death and causing disruption wherever the Joker has gone in the DC Universe, the death of actors and stars who have portrayed the Joker, going back to the first Joker, played by Cesar Romero, lands the Joker on my Mount Rushmore of supervillains. Now we move on to the third face of Mount Rushmore of supervillains. Coming up is someone out of which would actually be the Marvel side of things, surprisingly, if you didn't know. There's a little sneak gem for you. You didn't even know. From the Transformer universe, all the way from Cybertron, is Megatron. Which actually, they, him and the Decepticons came up with the transforming technology. Then they wanted to take over the world in the end, in the long run, they wanted to take over. That's what caused the Civil War with the Autobots. That's what starts this whole series and, and there, so on and so forth. If Megatron does not make your top five supervillains, I do not respect your list. Um, if he doesn't make your top three, depending on who's in your top three, I'll respect it. But if he's not in your top five, Megatron deserves to be in your top five, even if he's number five. Which I have him, I would have him honestly at probably number four slotted right there. Now, he's the leader of the Decepticons. And honestly, besides Starscream, really keeps them all in line. Even pulls Wheeljack over to his side. Um, 
he's the main arch enemy of the Autobots, led by Optimus Prime, who does defeat him. Um, the only person who truly really to defeat Megatron. Only so that Megatron can come back as Galvatron reborn, who's even more evil and more sinister and just, oh, it's ugly. And really, that's where the films got juicy. Um, is with Galva, is Galvatron as the enemy. Um, but Megatron was the focal point of the show. And not only does he keep all these Decepticons in line, which is just so remarkable when all these other villains can never keep anybody in line. I mean, you'd have to really go back to the Legion of Doom to see a enemy outfit that worked in unison, but, but did it well enough to where you believed that they were all on the same page. Megatron really set the bar for the mechanical cyborg type of character uh, as far as villains went. Um, and the way he was portrayed, how he would show up and fight and then get everybody else to do his bidding was the classical, uh, villain, uh, storyline you've seen play out film after film, series after series. Uh, this would continue on debuting back in the early 1980s. The idea thought of before that Megatron has continued to ascend into the darkness and cause havoc from Transformers to Beast Wars, actually. Now I can focus on the last face of the Mount Rushmore of supervillains. And this is someone you have to have again in your top five for that to be even valid, for there to be any respect in a top five. If he didn't make it on your Mount Rushmore, this one right here that I'm about to announce, that would be okay, depending on who else you have, but I would be willing to look past that. Now, the, this one comes from the X-Men side of things, and this was someone who was created not to be really a supervillain, not to be that villainous type of character, but based on circumstances, based on how things go in the MCU, Magneto is the final face of the Mount Rushmore of supervillains. He was supposed to be the one just standing up for the rights of mutants, but it's turned ugly. And with his back to the wall perpetually, he took a different stance on things. His character, his persona, became increasingly calculated, powerful, and sinister as time has gone on. Some hidden nuggets about Magneto and wrapping this all up. Magneto has the ability to create a wormhole and has displayed this where he's allowed others to pass through it. He's the main nemesis of Professor X who formed the X-Men. And here's a hot take. Magneto is what Lex Luthor is to the DC universe, but even more conniving. The X-Men movies and animated television series would be weak without Magneto. And you could cherry pick the rest of the villains. Maybe outside of Mystique, she has a, a very deeper role as time has gone on. But besides that, it's Magneto you look at as the main villain, the main antagonist. 
That is insane. Thank you for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed this episode filed under the Legacy Collection. Make sure you're subscribed to Preston's Super Show. Go over to Odd Man Out and check that out. Bunch of good stuff on there. Subscribe over there. Make sure you're checking out all my music rolling out. SoundCloud.com slash HeavyP815. HeavyP on all music platforms. My book is out. Badge in the Shadows. Next book coming out this summer. Stay tuned for more. Thank you again. Just like the hands of time, I'm turning it over to you. Good night and God bless. Palms 37-4.